You're listening to The Ramped Podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries. On today's episode of How I Sell, presented by The Ramp Podcast, I speak with Mike Goldenberg of Goldcast. Mike has been crushing it as a sales leader for quite some time, with stops at Alice, Mineral Tree, Log Me In, amongst other places. Like me, Mike graduated from the University of Michigan, so this was an easy conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with Mike as his enthusiasm for sales, people, and all things tech really shined through in our conversation. He talked about the golden rule for Golden Bird as one of the credos that he lives by. I'm excited for you to check out this conversation with Mike Goldenberg of Goldcast on How I Sell, presented by The Ramp Podcast. Let's jump in. All right, everybody, we are back with the How I Sell podcast. A reminder to our listeners, for season two, we are asking our guests the same five questions each time. Today, I am very excited to bring to you Mike Goldenberg, the current head of sales at Goldcast. And in a previous life, Mike was the head of sales at Alice the VP of sales at Mineral Tree and the head of sales amongst other titles at Log Me In. Mike, very, very impressive career. We're happy to have you here. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Although you did give me a little too much credit at Log Me In. I was not the head of sales there. I, you know, developed my career there and kind of worked my way up into a director role before moving into the earlier phase uh, startup world and kind of head of sales, VP of sales types of roles. But thank you for the credit. Cool. Yes, of course, of course. I, I also left out one key thing. We're both Michigan grads, so so go blue. Go blue. Yeah, buddy. I'm talking about. Awesome. <laughs> well, before we jump into our five questions, one quick question for you. You know, who is Mike Goldenberg? Boy, that's a deep question. Mike Goldenberg is a father, a, a someone who loves the beach, someone who I think takes a tries to take a very human approach to let's call it life and sales and treat people the way you know the golden rule for Goldenberg is often you know I'd say a good way to summarize the way I try and approach things. But yeah, I'm someone who you know loves sales. You know, I've been doing it pretty much my whole life. And, you know, back in the day, I was actually selling, you know, for, for my father and cold calling packaging for him. But it's something where, you know, I just try and treat people and, and treat situations the way I would want to. I think that, you know, if there's one thing that's, let's call it unique about my approach is it's I try and come across, let's call it more casual than your average head of sales and, and try and meet people at their level and uh, not come across as such a an a-hole or, or uh, other words you might use to describe most heads of sales. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something we hear often is trying to break out of that stereotype of what a salesperson used to be, and you know, and getting to know you a little bit over our previous calls and, and chatting with you, I can say that I have certainly I've certainly seen the the casual nature, so I, I appreciate it too, I and mean, I do love when folks answer that question 
with the human side, you know, describing yourself as a father first and living by the golden rule for Goldenberg. Those are things that, uh, that I really appreciate. So if you're ready, we can jump into the five questions. The first of which is what is the best investment an early career salesperson can do for themselves and why? Yeah, to me, the the best investment, and this is the obvious cliche, is invest in yourself. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you go to school, right, we spend all this money on college, and, and now there's some programs to actually major in sales, which there wasn't, you know, when I was younger, but there's so much information on the internet if you just Google, right, that you can spend that time. If you're going to be a pro, if you're going to, you know, really, this is going to be your career, invest in yourself. You don't need to spend a ton of money. You don't need to wait for your company to give you all the training, you know, just going through LinkedIn and and using some of the resources there, you know, that you see people posting, you know, looking for videos, trying to figure out how to do things. Don't wait for people to come to you. Perfect example, right? You know, as a young salesperson, they're going to give you a bunch of tools and they're not going to, they're going to give you the basic way to use them, but it's going to be on you as an individual to then invest in yourself further to like look up how to do different things in that tool or look for videos of how others are using and things like that. So I think a lot of it is don't wait. It's, you know, invest in yourself and and use a lot of the resources that are out there and available to you. Yeah, it's smart. And something that is often forgot, I think mostly because generally, you know, folks can, as like a general rule, folks, people are just lazy. But the question, you know, that, that you often get asked or questions you often get asked as a VP of sales can often just be answered by, you know, a simple Google search. There's got to be how-to videos on nearly everything today. So I would agree. I think the the salespeople or the folks at startups specifically that do well are just folks that kind of just do it on their own. And if they get stuck after looking it up on their own, that's when they come and ask for help. So I think I think that's good advice. Moving on to question number two, what's the biggest surprise you experienced early in your career? I'd say the biggest surprise that I experienced early in my career was how capable I was even being, you know, you being younger and, and less experienced because, right, I mean, you come in and there's all these, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of experience and wisdom that comes from a lot of the, you know, older reps and more experienced reps. But sales isn't rocket science. It really isn't. I mean, it's about, you know, learning some simple fundamentals and, and leveraging kind of your own, hopefully, personality traits and things like that. But it was one of those things where, you know, I think initially I came in and, and almost, you know, put people up on a pedestal of like, you know, I couldn't possibly be ready to have those conversations, especially with like, as an example, a larger account, right? Or for a larger deal amount or something like that, you know, it can be intimidating. So I think I was just surprised at, you know, uh, how, how not overly complicated it really is. And that as a young salesperson, like, don't put limits on yourself or kind of hold yourself back. Like at the end of the day, beauty being a salesperson is it's based on your production and, and your ability to, you know, drive results and experience can be really helpful in that. But, you know, that what we were talking about being resourceful and, and finding answers and things for yourself, you know, I think you can climb up and, and be capable of doing a lot in a, in a, you know, relatively short period of time. 
Yeah, that's really great. I uh, I actually heard a similar thing. I interviewed Kevin Dorsey of Patient Pop the other week, and oh, he, yeah. he mentioned the same thing. And I, I mentioned to him, and I also feel the same. I mentioned it to you, too. It's like once you get in or you're taught your whole career that you have to, like, work hard or your college career, you have to work hard, you know, get to the next test, get the A, do really well in your classes. And then when you get out mm-hmm. in the open in the real world, you've got you've got nothing, right? Like no one's going to guide you. There's no syllabus to push you forward. So you kind of figure that out on your own. And some folks I, I do see, you can kind of, you can, you can see it earlier in their career where they, it's like the, the switch flips for them and they're able to understand that it's up to them to make their own career and up to them to carve their own path in the real world, even if no one's going to guide you. I'm curious to know for you, like, when was that? Was it a year in? Was it five years in? You know, sooner than that, later than that. When you when you realized, you know, I'm able to kind of take my career into my own hands and I'm able to achieve above other folks. You know, I think that came probably at a time, probably like early on in my time at Logmian, where you know, just having the ability to outperform certain people who again might have more experience and and knew the product and all those things better. But, you know, by having better results and, and kind of a different approach to things, you know, it opened up opportunities, you know, and it very much, you know, made me realize that, again, the great part of sales is, you know, it's not about your age, your experience or, or any of those things. It's about, you know, can you produce? It's like being an athlete, right? It doesn't matter how many games you won or how many points you scored in the past. It's, you know, can you deliver results now? That's, you know, what people really care about. Yep. Yep, that's right. Uh, it's, uh, it's very comparable to athletics and even talking about the great players in any sport today. You know, they still have to show up and put up the next year they're there or they're, they're just cut. Not as aggressive, I think, in sales, but you still have <laughs> to perform or, you know, you, you're out, unfortunately. Question number three. What's one mistake that you made early in your career that shaped the way you operate today? God, there's so many of them. Where to begin? <laughs> I could go down a list. You know, I'll say one of the the big, you know, mistakes early on that, you know, really shaped, um, you know, the way I look at things is I kind of had that attitude, which probably a lot of reps have, which is, you know, it's like you don't love to forecast, right? Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. These people could go either way. Like, yeah, they seem like they like it. Yeah, I've asked all the questions. You know, sometimes feeling like it's, you know, impossible to forecast, right? And it's, you know, I'm doing my best, like, you know, and and I'm hitting my numbers. So like, you know, why do you need to like be up my ass about the forecast kind of thing? You know, and I think it was kind of like a, a funny moment where, uh, you know, a mentor of mine was like, you know what, why don't I just, why don't I just tell like the rest of the company that, you know, cause I said something like, you know, he was like, what's your forecast? And I said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He goes, why don't I write that down for the rest of the company? You know, we need to, we need to make a million important decisions based off of how well we're doing from a revenue perspective, what's working, what's not, you know, all these things. But I'll let everyone know that you said, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? And, and just kind of putting into context of like, it's about more than you. Like a lot of the things you are doing as a salesperson, it's easy to be selfish, right? We have our commission, we have our, you know, whatever else that's very like individual. 
but not, you know, I think that was kind of an eye-opening thing, a little bit of what you're doing has a much bigger impact on the company than just the numbers you're bringing in, but the different parts of the sales rep role that, you know, are valuable and important to the company. Right. That makes sense. So after you learned that forecasting is important and your commitment does impact others in the company, how did you, how did you use that? How did it shape you going forward? And what have you put in place in your own personal pipeline or your, for your teams to make sure that uh, folks adhere to that rule of commitment and, and doing it out in the open? Yeah. I mean, I think, listen, it's an ongoing kind of thing for everyone. Because like I said, I mean, it is true, right? It's it's always hard. Forecasting is super difficult, especially when you are, you know, things are moving quickly. You know, it's not always as clear as people would like it to be where it's like, you know, they said they need to have it all done by this date and then work backwards. And right, you know, you can kind of figure it all out. And they're committing to you six weeks before they actually sign the contract. You know, it's not always that clean and and clear cut. So I think, you know, as much as anything, what I've tried to do is help people understand why it's important help them understand like even though it's not a you know a perfect science how to kind of triangulate the different points of information they have to give their best bet and you know my reps you know will all tell you that the the question i'm always asking them is if you had to bet $500 on it right now when's it coming in or is it coming in you know what i mean if you had to bet me the actual money right and it it puts into like more real terms of especially with close dates right because right. reps always, it's like, ah, I want to get it in by the end of the month. I got the close date as the end of the month. It's like, all right, but you know, you said we still haven't gotten this and this. There's only four days left. Do you want it to come in that day? Or would you bet me $500 right now it's going to come in? If we were going to bet 500 bucks, when would you really say it's going to come in? Ah, it's probably not going to come in until the second week of the next month. You're like, okay, great. Put that as the close date. Yep. Um, yep. So I think it's just, it's giving people perspective. I think that's true of a lot of the stuff though. You know, we ask salespeople to do, whether it's, you know, what you're putting into Salesforce or forecasting in general. It's, I think people, if they understand it better, you know, both in terms of how to do it and, and like the true value of it versus just like, I'm your boss. I want your forecast then I think it, it allows people to understand and, and to do it and to understand that it's an important part of their job beyond just the actual closing of the deals. Yep. Yep. I, I would agree. I, uh, I have something similar that I like to say is eliminating that hope from your qualified pipeline, making sure that everything is lined up. And the question I ask is similar to you and maybe a little aggressive, but it's something like, you know, if you were to bet your paycheck on this, would you say that this is accurate to the best of your ability? So, so a similar mindset, similar mentality of just removing that, you know, that, that I think, or, you know, that, yeah. and just making it really clear and lined up well. And it's not, you know, if it doesn't close, right, it's okay. You just need to know the reason why If it does close. At least you, you did a, a good enough job to forecast for your team and for the company. Exactly. So, Question number four, I wanted to move on on this one. Who has had the yep. biggest impact on your career and why and how? Boy, you know, that's like a two-sided kind of answer 
because the obvious thing is to say, you know, a boss, a mentor, right? Yep. And I've had a lot of really good bosses and mentors, you know, including, you know, people like Armin Zildjian, you know, over at Drift, you know, people like Josh Allen, who's over at Owl Labs, Larry D'Angelo, who's uh, over at Notarize, and I'm sure a slew of other people, you know, that have been super helpful and given me a lot of great advice, you know, over the years and, and people I've learned from. But I also think there's the other side of it, which is like the reps, you know, that yeah. I've learned from. And, you know, my greatest point of pride is the the reps who have like gone on themselves to move into management director roles and, and things like that. So honestly, I've, I've learned as much and, you know, from the people that, you know, have worked for me as the people that I've worked for. So and, you know, honestly, on a daily basis often now, like I'm still learning from the people who are like in the trenches or just trying new things. Because I think the biggest thing, to be honest with you, with sales is especially, you know, more recently is like, it's just changing and evolving so quickly in terms of like what actually works in, in the different solutions and, and different approaches and things like that. So I'm, I'm very much, you know, still constantly learning, but I'd say those are, you know, some of the, the people in, in, you know, that I've learned from the most. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. I do think it's a two-way street. I think you learn a ton from the folks, you know, that come before you and train you and then the folks on your team. It's always great. And beyond just tech tools and whatnot, new ways of selling, I think, uh, is, is critically important. You know, if somebody learns something and they execute really well on it over time, you know, kind of the new generation of outbound, I think it's really important to learn from those and integrate it right back into your sales process. So I, I love that answer. And I would agree watching uh, folks that you've mentored and folks that you uh, coached and, and hired become managers is one of the most gratifying things uh, you can have out of your career, which is awesome. So last question we ask everybody here, Mike, is the following. If you could go back in time now that you have the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give yourself when you were entering your career? So think back to those right coming out of Michigan days. Uh, I think the advice, well, you know, it's like you can't question what came before, you know, as long as it led you a good place. I think for me personally, like, you know, the first four years out of school, you know, I was in a couple different industries before software and technology. And, you know, I think I probably learned a lot from those industries and, and things like that and those experiences. But the sooner I, I could have gotten insight into you know, like the right industry and things like, you know, if I could have, I didn't do internships and stuff like I, I see these kids who are like in college who are just so far ahead of where I was. Yeah. I probably just would have given myself a heads up of like, you know, don't waste your time those first four years on those other things. Like just go straight into software tech. Yep. 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. That's good. It's tough. It's really tough when you're in it to even know what you want to do, though. I think I lucked for me, I lucked in at software tech or the tech industry in general. I screwed around trying to be an investment banker and a lawyer prior to tech for a little bit. And then, you know, finally found something that I loved and, and went after it. Oh, um, and my other my other piece of advice there would be hold your options longer. <laughs> Very even sad. if you're even if you might not you know like when you're younger right you know that cash is is worth more you know at that point but uh yeah hold on to those options very, very sound, very sound advice and important, <laughs> especially if you're on a, a rocket ship to make sure that you negotiate the hell out of those options and get a meaningful chunk along the way and then hold them until they are worth something. 
Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I want to give you the opportunity to tell folks about you a little bit. Where can they find you? Tell me a little bit about Goldcast and, and anything else you want to tell them about how to reach out to you. Yeah, the easiest way to reach out to me is, you know, just probably through LinkedIn, or you can, of course, get me at michael at goldcast.io. We are actively hiring for account executives and BDRs. And hopefully, if you've listened to this podcast, you get a pretty decent sense of kind of what you'd be dealing with, you know, in terms of, you know, my style and approach to things. But, you know, I think that, you know, generally speaking, the way I look at it nowadays is, you know, life's too short to, to work with people and, and for people that like, A, don't appreciate you and then B, don't give you the opportunity to grow. And, you know, I think that's something that we do really try and do. And I try and do is, you know, let people, you know, grow, let them, I'd like to develop from within and really give people the opportunity to move up, to, to try different things. I'd like to listen to people and their ideas in a way that I don't know if other, you know, companies tend to do as much. So, yeah, I mean, if that sounds of interest and, and you want to, you know, have a conversation, you know, I'm, I'm very open to it and uh, get at me. Awesome. Well, Mike, it has been a real pleasure hosting you on the How I Sell podcast. And for folks out there, you know, remember, it's the golden rule for Goldenberg. And we will hopefully, <laughs> Mike, see you again sometime soon. Real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Danny. All right. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Ramped Podcast. To access our show notes, the Ramped platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.rampedcareers.com or email us at sales at rampedcareers.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ramped. Ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery. Until next time.